0: Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. Uh, we always encourage people to call in. Callers to the program get priority over what I'm trying to talk about at the moment. The lines are wide open right now if you want to call in. As the announcer said, <clears throat> if you have a Bible question or comment, Call in at 877-655-6755. Um, not only might you and I learn from the conversation we have, but people, other people listening on air may learn from the, com- the Bible conversation that we're having. While we're waiting on our first call, I thought we'd talk about sound doctrine. Titus chapter 2 verse 1 reads this way. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. What is that sound doctrine? Well, let's define the word sound. Com, sound means, in this case, having no defect as to truth. Most believers think the details of what we believe don't matter, that all that matters is if you believe in Jesus. They reason that since preachers teach different things, different doctrines, it must not matter to God. But if sound doctrine means having no defect, then all the churches teaching different things must not be teaching sound doctrine, as there must be lots of defects in what they teach. If somebody's teaching 2 plus 2 is 4 and somebody else is teaching 2 plus 2 is 5, one of those is not teaching sound mathematics because they have a defect in the mathematics that they're teaching. It's the same way with all these different religious teachings. They can't all be right. The ones who are not actually teaching what the Bible says, they're not teaching sound doctrine because in their teaching, they have defects. Defects would simply be they're teaching something different than what the Bible actually says. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, reads this way. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. Notice, even way back then, the Bible talks about Christians will heap to themselves teachers so they can be taught what they want to hear instead of the truths they need. This is so true for so many today. Titus 1 9 reads, Holding fast the faithful word, as hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. So not only must we have sound doctrine, it is important that we use that sound doctrine to correct false doctrine like we attempt to do on this program on a regular basis. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9, "...but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men." Do you see how teaching the wrong doctrine, that is, the commandments of men, results in our worship being vain, useless, or worthless? We certainly can't serve God acceptably like that. I mean, can we? So teaching the commandments of men would not be teaching sound doctrine, would it? How about 2 John verse 9? Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. So if we're not remaining inside the teaching of Christ, then we're obviously not remaining inside sound doctrine. Are we? Let's talk about a couple of illustrations of things that people teach that are not sound doctrine. First, let me mention the number again. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-877. Six five five six seven five five. What about the doctrine of infant baptism? Let's read Acts eight thirty five through thir- thirty seven. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And they ca- and, and as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So Philip's preaching Jesus to the unit. They come up on some water. The unit wants to be baptized. What's keeping me from being baptized? He said, If you believe, you may. You may what? Be baptized. Which implies that if he doesn't believe, he may not be baptized. What does that say about infant baptism? Infant baptism? Is that practicing sound doctrine? Well, not according to this scripture, because this scripture says if you believe, you may be baptized, implying that if you don't believe, you may not. And infants can't believe. Through no fault of their own. They're not mature enough. But because they can't believe, according to this passage and many others, they should not be baptized, yet most churches in our society practice infant baptism. It's not sound doctrine. It's not sound doctrine. It's it has defect in it. And the defect is, it's different from what the Bible teaches. How about another controversial issue? Women preachers. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 reads this way. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. There's nothing vague about this passage. It and other verses are crystal clear that women should not be doing the teaching in the church assembly. Yet, statistics say about 75% of Christian-type congregations allow women to speak from their pulpit. Have we lost sight of the fact that the Bible should be the guidebook for churches? To allow women to preach from the pulpit, is that sound doctrine? Obviously, it's not. It's not sound doctrine to practice infant baptism or to allow women to preach in the church service. That's not practicing sound doctrine. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755-877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 says, take heed unto thyself and unto, thy, unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear, hear thee. So to be saved we're going to have to continue in sound doctrine. We're going to have to take heed to ourselves and to the doctrine. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 says, As I besought thee, "...to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine." So we're only to teach sound doctrine, only the truth. Only the truth will set us free from sin. John 8, verse 32. Romans six seventeen says, "...but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin." That says to be made free from sin, we must obey the doctrine. That would be sound doctrine, wouldn't it? So we have to obey sound doctrine to be saved, right? False teaching won't do it. Again, we have all these different preachers and churches out here teaching different things. They can't all be teaching sound doctrine. If they're teaching different from what the Bible says, they're not teaching sound doctrine. One of the main things I think of when I think of somebody who's not teaching sound doctrine is when a, a Bible teacher teaches that obedience is not necessary to salvation. That's patently false. Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty one, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So who's going to go to heaven according to Matthew seven twenty one? The ones that do the will of the Father in heaven. So belief's not enough. Of course you have to believe to be saved. John 3.16 and, and a host of other passages teach that. But if all you do is believe and, you don't let the, and that faith does not follow through with obedience, you won't be saved according to Matthew 7.21. And you won't be saved according to Hebrews 5.9, which talking about Jesus said he's the author or the source of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. So Jesus is the source of eternal salvation, but it only goes to those that obey him. The fact that we have to obey him to receive it doesn't make us the source. That's where people get get it wrong. They think if you have to obey Christ to be saved, that would make you the source. No. This verse says Jesus is the source, but he's only the source of eternal salvation to those that obey him. So we do have to obey him. And when we obey him, it doesn't mean we're the source. Jesus is the source. Jesus only saves that those that obey him. Just like some would say Jesus saves only those that believe in him. That's true, and it's also true that Jesus saves only those who obey him. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open, 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755. How about James 2.24? There, the Bible says, by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. How many times have you heard in your life that salvation is by faith only? Now, it's true the Bible teaches salvation is by faith, but it never says salvation is by faith only. But it does say salvation is not by faith only. James 2.24. Let me repeat the verse in case you've never heard it before because it's not emphasized by most preachers. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Of course, it's the death of Christ that saves us. Our belief does not save us in the sense it's not the thing that earns our salvation. It's the death of Christ. It's by grace. But when we're talking about what we have to do to be saved by the death of Christ, James 2.24 makes it clear it's not faith only. We also have to obey. It takes faith plus obedience. Faith plus works. The first part of 1 Peter 1.22 says, You have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Of course, Acts 15 verse 9 says we purify our hearts through faith. You have to have faith to be saved, to be purified from your sins. But 1 Peter one twenty two says you also have to obey the truth to be purified from your sins. It's Jesus' death, his blood, that purifies us from our sins. But we have to have faith and obedience to be purified by the death of Christ. Bob from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Yes, sir. How are you doing tonight?
0: Doing good. Appreciate your call, Bob.
1: Yeah, let me, uh, let me try this on if we
0: could, please.
1: Uh, you got a dad, you got a son, okay? I okay. mean, that son had been born to that dad. That is his son. Right. Side, one day, one day, that, 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 that dad dad, that, that decides he's going to send a little Johnny to the store to get uh, some peanut butter and a little bread. And so little Johnny goes to the store and, uh, comes back home, and he doesn't have the, peanut butter and the, have the bread, and he did. said, well, where is it? I did you do that. And he said, well, I just didn't do it. The question is this. Is little John no longer the son of that dead simply because he didn't do exactly what dead said after he has already been born the son of that dead? Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you for your call. No, he's still his son. That's not the question. That's not the question. But suppose a dad has a son. When he grows up, he becomes a homosexual. Is he still his son? Yes. But might the dad disown him? Yes. If he were my son, I would disown him if he became a homosexual. He would still be my son, but I would certainly disown him. And isn't that what 2 Chronicles 15 verse 2 says? The end of 2 Chronicles 15 verse 2 says, If you forsake me... I will forsake you. If you forsake God, he will forsake you, is what it says. So we can come up with all kinds of human reasoning to try to prove that if we forsake God, God won't forsake us. But obviously, it must be something unsound about the human reasoning that we're using because Second Chronicles 15 verse 2 says, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So no matter how much human reasoning you come up with to try to prove that he won't forsake you, the Bible says that he will are we going to love God enough to accept that? That's the question. Ron from Arizona, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Yeah, there was a, a recent uh, radio host that had converted to, a, uh, I guess, the Greek Orthodox Church. And uh, you're talking about doctrine, and I'm, I'm not familiar with their doctrine. Um, is that, uh, I don't know, is that a valid church or kind of?
0: You know, I'm not as familiar with the Greek Orthodox Church as some of these other churches. Since where I'm from, there's not very many of them. I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to Catholicism, though not exactly like it. But they would believe things like what we talked about earlier, infant baptism. Well, I mean, what do you think, Ron? Is infant baptism, is that taught in the scriptures? No, I don't believe it is. (laughs) So, you know, Matthew 15, verse 9 says, and we quoted this earlier, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So if infant baptism is not taught by the Scriptures, would it be a commandment of God or a commandment of men? Oh, that's, uh, that's for man. So if it's a commandment of men, Jesus said the people right. who believe and teach and practice that their worship is in vain, meaning useless or worthless, can you go to heaven like that if your worship is in vain? No, no. Does that answer your question, Ron?
1: It does. It just kind of saddens me that uh, somebody that I I thought was pretty right on, and then all all of a sudden made a, a left turn. It, it just it, it just baffles me, I guess. So,
0: well, I appreciate I'm going to apologize. I don't, I'm going to apologize that I don't know more about the Greek Orthodox Church than I do. I just don't know. I don't know everything about all the churches, and I know a good bit about all some right. of the churches that are more popular maybe in my area of the country, in the southeast, but not the Greek Orthodox I know that. Church, I'm sorry to say. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you for your call, Ron. All right. Bye-bye. So we were continue that point from the previous caller. Yes, it's true that when a person who becomes a Christian, born again, when he leaves the Lord, he's still a son of God, but... God can di- disowns him that's the parallel so that's the parallel will God disown him Second Timothy 2.12 says if we deny him talking about Christians he will deny us if God is denying us on the judgment day are we going to be saved anyway obviously not but it says if we deny him he will deny us it says the same thing in Matthew, Matthew 10 verse 32 if we confess him Jesus will confess us before our father But if we deny Jesus, he won't confess us. Are you going to be saved anyway, even though you're not going to be... Jesus won't confess you before the Father? Obviously not. So, yeah, you're still a son of God, but you're disowned by God. You lose your salvation. As Galatians 5, 4 puts it, you are fallen from grace. Now, you can't fall from a tree unless you're in that tree to start with. So if you fall from grace, that means you were in grace, saved. You fell from grace. You lost your salvation. It's very simple. I can find a passage on almost every page of the Bible that proves conclusively that once saved, always saved is false. There's probably at least 100 passages that prove it false and not one passage that teaches that once saved, always saved is true. Ed from Houston, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi, love
2: your show and thank you. My question is, with so many, why are there so many denominations, and and which which is true?
0: Why are there so many? Yes, sir. Right? You know, I don't know for sure, but let me let me present something to you. I read a while ago, and did you hear me read First Corinthians 14, 34 and 35, about a woman being silenced in the church? It's a shame for women to speak in the church.
2: No, sir, I didn't. Well, it's
0: very, very clear that women should not speak in the church, that they should not preach the sermon from the pulpit. Yet, I'm thinking about three-fourths of the congregations across America would allow that. Why do so many churches allow women to preach from the pulpit, Ed, when the Bible's so clearly against it? Do you have any ideas?
2: Mankind?
0: Is it possible? And I think that, Yeah, I think this is what you're saying. Is it possible that most churches have quit using the Bible as their authority and they started doing what they think is right, or what they think is best, or what'll bring in the most people. Is that possible, Ed?
2: I, you know what? I think you are spot on because now you're speaking to dollars and cents, and <laughs> I think uh, I, I, I think what you're really saying is, you know what? There's an there's an orthodoxy regarding truth, right? And it's very, very dogmatic. Truth is truth. And when you circumvent the truth to make it convenient to cast a wide net to keep your causes overflowing, then I believe that you have been, have been compromised in your message and your faith. And it's just very frustrating to me because you have so many denominations out there. I'm wondering, where is the truth? And, and I believe and Yes, sir.
0: No, I, well, I was just going to say, I think you're right that money has a lot to do with it. The Bible says the, the love of money is the root of all evil. But, you know, theoretically, Ed, if everybody used the Bible as their final and complete uh, no holes barred authority then then we would all agree, and there wouldn't be all these different churches and all these different teachings, right?
2: Amen, brother.
0: But if Amen. we start deviating from that and start saying, well, I'm going to teach, we're going to allow women preachers, not because we see that the Bible ever allows it, but because we're going to bow to political correctness, or we're going to have infant baptism because for whatever the, this reason, or this will bring in the most people. So, we're going to, Once you start doing things and teaching things and believing things, for other reasons other than the Bible then of course everybody's going to have their own differing opinion and so you're going to have you end up eventually having a thousand different churches because there's a thousand different opinions out there the only way to avoid that is everybody use the Bible as their authority on every religious question and don't let anything else outside the Bible influence what you believe and teach on any particular Bible issue you agree Ed? I agree with you 100% thank you <laughs> Appreciate it, Ed. Appreciate the good call. So we were, Ed, are you still there? Yes, sir. Do you have any final final follow-up thoughts?
2: You know what? My final thought is I think you and I are orthodox in our beliefs, meaning the word is the word and it should not be compromised. Is that, that a fair um, assessment of your position?
0: I agree. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly right. You can't compromise it for any reason because it's not our position we're compromising. We would be compromising God's position if we compromised the Word of God.
2: And you know what? We have to pray for our country because we're in
0: trouble. <laughs> I think we've, we've long since been in trouble. So so what we need yeah, to do is, uh, is, is we need to preach the gospel to every single person that we can. Whatever I take, whatever opportunities, because that's the only thing that matters anymore. There you go. Thank you for calling. Appreciate Love it. your hope, word. Thank you. Hope hope we can talk outside the program sometime.
2: And um, if there's a way that I can do that, I will.
0: Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna try to call you after the program this evening, and we'll try to s- set up a way that we can talk outside the program. Okay? I would appreciate
2: it if you would. Thank you.
0: All right. Have a good evening.
2: You,
0: sir. All right. You know, another passage that teaches that once saved, always saved is false. And we're mentioning that because one of the callers mentioned that is, is James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. It says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, of course, and a lot of translations will say wonder from the truth. So we're obviously talking about a Christian. It's a brother If a child wanders from the house, that means he was at the house and left the house. Here's a brother in Christ who's wandered from the truth. He's had the truth. He left the truth. It says, And one convert him, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. So if somebody errs from the truth, if a Christian errs from the truth, it's our responsibility to try to convert him back. If we're successful in that, we save his soul from death. But the implication is if he refuses to be converted back, if we're unsuccessful, his soul will die. He'll be lost, a brother in Christ. So no matter how much human reasoning you can have and you can come up with about this, that, or the other, going to the store, it wouldn't make a bit of difference if the Bible says that once saved, always saved is false. And it certainly does there. You know, a lot of people will teach, well, if you truly become a Christian, you'll never fall away. But Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 warns Christians, he says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Doesn't make any sense to warn somebody about something that's impossible to happen. So he's warning the Christians against developing an evil heart of unbelief and departing from God, so obviously it's possible. And they're going to be lost if they do, according to John three thirty six, If you would like the free one-hour phone Bible study that I offer, then call or text me at 256-682-9753. Again, if you would like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience, call or text me at 256-682-9753. Appreciate you listening tonight. Be sure to listen next week at this same time. Don't forget what Jesus said in John 8, 31. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So if we don't continue in his word, we're not really his disciples.